Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Silver and Black Today, your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Culbranson. Welcome back. Hour number two of Silver and Black Today here on this Friday. Always powered by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Call them anytime, 24-7-702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Scott Branson, Damon Cotton back with you. And we go out on the Newsmaker line, and we bring in Eric Edholm, who is the NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. We're going to talk to him now about the NFL salary cap. Eric, thanks for being with us here on Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas. Well, it's just mine. What's going on out there? Oh man, it's uh, it's tough. You know, the the weather here is 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 gorgeous, and I feel so bad for our colleagues and friends and family throughout the country who've been dealing with all this weather. Uh, and so uh, we feel blessed for that. But uh, we're 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 getting ready to melt our faces off here in a few months too. So we'll get, we'll get ours eventually. It's just on the other end. Um, but when we look at this NFL salary cap, and and the one thing that I continue to get from a lot of our listeners as they message me or message us on the website is around just trying to understand overall the NFL salary cap. They see the numbers, they see teams are over by this number or under by that number, and they're not sure what to make of it. So I want to start at the top and talk about the salary cap and and this this floor that we now know is going to be around $180 million. Talk a little bit about the salary cap reduction, clearly COVID, everything that happened in the past year, but tell everybody a little bit about why the NFL is lowering it and why the 180 limit seems to be where it's going to be. Yeah, and basically a, a, a condensed version of how they equate this number is they take the they figure out the revenue that they're going to gain from the previous year. You know, they they divvy it up as per the CBA that was agreed upon by the NFLPA and the owners, uh, and a portion of that is allotted towards player salaries. And I don't remember the exact percentage; it's a you know a shade below fifty or whatever it is, but. Yeah, they they come up with this number, and in advance of last season, the union and the owners got together and realized, hey, look, revenue's going to be way down. Let's try to figure out a way so that we can kind of circumvent the typical rules so that the cap doesn't crash next year completely. Um, It was 198.1, I think, off the top of my head. For the 2020 season, mm-hmm. so for now for 21, originally they had kind of speculated, okay, it's going to be a minimum of 175. Then just the other day they upped it by five million. The final number could be 180, it could be 182. We don't know exactly. Basically, what they have to do is all the final auditing on the new media deals, the sponsorship renewals, everything they get revenue from uh, to come up with the exact figure that it's going to be come March 17th. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and and I think that for folks that a lot of folks look at the salary cap number as some sort of arbitrary number, and they don't understand that it's based on the revenues coming in. Now, with the right. reduction, obviously both of these sides had to agree to it or have to agree to it, and they knew that it was going to happen uh, due to the pandemic. When you look at these numbers and what it's going to do, there's a lot of players out there. If you're a player right now sitting with a contract that doesn't have guaranteed money for 2021, uh, you got to be very 
nervous. Is the expectation on your side, too, with this reduction and it being around 180 to 182, uh, that there's going to be a lot of nervous guys throughout the league and a lot of big names that hit the free agency market? Yeah, they're obviously, you know, for instance, we just saw, uh, this is a little off what you're just asking, but we just saw Carson Wentz traded, and the Mm -hmm. Eagles are taking a $33.8 million dead cap money hit as a result of that trade. That's notable. I mean, that's big in... Had we had a normal year and the cap, you know, the cap had been going up by an average of 10 million, 12 million per team per year. So, you know, you project that forward. It was supposed to be something like 210 this year or right around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can absorb that a little easier, uh, you know, a trade for, you know, a trading of Wentz if it's at that higher number. Kind of sends a message that they were. They were bent on getting rid of him, uh, considering the reduced cap and how big that number is in the dead money. So basically, every contract has a portion of of the money deferred, and that can equate to a dead money, a dead cap money figure. So just because you have a high cap number doesn't mean you're going to be vulnerable in all cases, because you know there might become twenty million dollars instantly hit on the cap. Not all teams are willing to do what the Eagles did, so it's going to depend veteran by veteran. But we've already seen some cuts come in. I think there'll be a lot of renegotiating this year. You know, some of it's going to be kicking the can down the road for future years. Uh, teams have done that, like the Saints and the Cowboys in the past. But yeah, there's obviously going to be a lot of financial adjustments this year. Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports is our guest. He's talking to us about the NFL salary cap for the 2021 season. Uh, it landing around 180 to 182 million, and that's that's something too. We see every year, Eric. Uh, obviously, with the NFL and with the salary cap teams, like you just mentioned, they will ne- renegotiate guys' contracts, especially if it's a veteran who wants to stick around where they're at, or if they're in a position where they feel like they're on the the cusp of winning. Uh, might this set a record for the number of contracts that that defer money down the line so that they can take the cap hit in two or three years versus now? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, and I don't have the answer to that. I mean, the the people who keep uh, very close watch of these things, and there's some great websites out there, and obviously some folks who, you know, kind of have the uh, the accounting chops that can tell you a little better than I can, but it wouldn't shock me if that was the case, right? Either renegotiated deals or veterans who are cut. It happens every year. I mean, that's just part of the process. That's sort of you know, part of what football has has had for a long time now is the 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 lack of these guaranteed contracts, and you know they get a lot of money up front, obviously in in, in some cases. But yeah, it wouldn't stun me at all if we see kind of record movement. Plus, there's all these, you know, the rumors of of quarterbacks being moved. We've already seen a couple of quarterback trades happen. That always, you know, kind of amplifies the action a little bit. You know, there might be some guys who are cut as well. Uh, it, it's going to be an exciting offseason, exciting for us as viewers and media and everything else. Obviously, for the players involved, there might be some tense uh, times coming up in the next couple months. And and the last time I looked, I think there was around 15 or 16 teams uh, that, that were already over that limit of about 180, 182. Uh, when you look at teams around the league, uh, what are some teams that are, are, are really in a tough spot uh, that it could end up altering their near-term futures because of the cap issue? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the number one team is the New Orleans Saints. I mean, right now, I think there's something like 60 million, projected to be 60 million, and they've got you know, time to, to 
work on those things. And you hear people all the time say the cap isn't real. Well, it is real. It actually is. But uh, there are certainly a lot of ways to uh, to manipulate it, either by you know redoing the quarterback deal, you know, giving him a, a converting a salary to a bonus or something like that. Um, it's sort of creative accounting to kind of push up money into the future. There's also, you know, teams will carry over uh, cap space from years past too, uh, and that allows teams kind of different levels. So if you if the math looks a little fuzzy when you kind of take a look at it, you'll notice there are teams that carry over cap space from the prior year. So that's how a team like the New England Patriots, for instance, are in really good shape this year for the first time in forever. They've always been within, you know, kind of 10 million or 12 million of the cap. This year, they've got more cap space than we've seen in a while. So the Saints would be at the top of that list. They have a lot of work to do. We have to figure out what goes on with Drew Brees, but that's obviously going to be a chunk of it. And then I mentioned earlier the Eagles. They're one of those teams that, you know, I would say they're probably about 40 million over right now. And, you know, some veterans like Zach Ertz and others are going to have to uh, probably play elsewhere next year and, and likely be on the chopping block. Hey, Eric, producer DeMond here. Um, you mentioned the Patriots, how they're going to have like a little bit more money to spend. But are there any teams that are going to just be a bigger play in free agency this year because of the money that they do have to spend? Yeah, the two teams above the Patriots right now, I think New England is somewhere in the, the – million uh, uh, below the cap, which is a a pretty notable number. That's, you know, one-third of the total we're kind of projecting here. So the two teams above them just happen to be the teams that are picking first and second in the draft. That's the Jaguars and the Jets. And, you know, considering the number of holes that the Jets have, it wouldn't be shocking to see them go after offensive playmakers, you know, defensive pillars as well. They'll be active in free agency. That's not stunning. They may even have to overpay for some guys. And and what's fascinating to me is with the Jaguars, I, I'll be curious to see how free agents view that situation. Because in years past, even though they had that one year where they made the AFC title game, probably should have been in a Super Bowl, you know, they've been a perennial loser outside of that season. Does the arrival of Urban Meyer change anyone's mind? Is that the kind of thing where people want to play for him, or is it a buyer beware type of deal? And likewise, does them likely, you know, drafting Trevor Lawrence at one have any effect whatsoever? I mean, it's different when it comes to a Tom Brady recruiting for agents to come down to Tampa. You know, he's got the, the skins on the wall and all that. Trevor Lawrence comes in with a lot of hype. I don't know what kind of effect he might have, but it is a new day in Jacksonville, and I think they're they're willing to spend and you know bring in some some people to help build around Lawrence, assuming he's the pick. Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports is talking to us about the NFL salary cap. And Eric, now we'll get into the Raiders. The Raiders currently sit uh, at about thirteen point seven over the cap uh, of a total of about two hundred and two million, uh, and they have some big name players that they're uh, probably going to be looking at saying goodbye to, including Trent Brown, who's a cap hit of about fourteen million dollars. They have Derek Carr, who's twenty two million, which is a bargain is when you look at top ten quarterbacks. But when you look at the Raiders' cap situation and where they're at they have so many needs on defense um it's going to be tough for them i think to compete with some of those teams you mentioned like the jags and the jets and the patriots if they go out and start bidding on defensive players when you look at the raiders cap situation uh do you look at it as manageable do you look at it as concerning or or what's your take on it yeah i think fairly concerning i mean not sorry not fairly concerning fairly manageable in the sense that 
off the top of my head, guys like Trent Brown don't have any dead money. So you could cut them uh, and take away that, that 14 or whatever it is, $14 million salary, uh, and, and not have any you know, repercussions. Same thing with Tyrell Williams. And I, and I believe if they wanted to, you know, they could trade Marcus Mariota if there's enough interest. Mm-hmm. So those are good examples of, of, of contracts that they can move on from. And boom, those three players right there, what is that, $35 million, $40 we're coming up on? I mean, that's, yep. that's a good amount of money right there. So, you know, you, you'd be amazed how quickly this can come together. One or two of these type of cuts or trades or what have you can really clear up a lot of space. Now, are they going to be able to get to the point where, you know, they can go out bid people on, uh, you know, the, the best defensive free agents out there? Probably not. And I don't necessarily know that even though they're, you know, this is a front office and a situation that wants to win now, right? They sort of felt like they were in contention a year ago. Things flipped away. I understand that desire to want to add premium free agents, but, you know, it's also a dangerous game that the more you dip those toes into the water, a year or two or three from now, the more accounting mess you might have if, if those players don't pan out. So uh, it is a bit of a double-edged sword there, though. I think more likely they'll be interested in getting some depth pieces and, and really try to rebuild things uh, through the draft. Yeah, no, we've been talking about that all week, actually, Eric, is the fact that you know a lot of, a lot of fans, they want them to go get the Leonard Williams of the world and all that kind of sure. stuff. And while those guys would be huge, uh, I call them more Tier 2 guys that, that like you said, you're going to bring in some good players. They're not going to be the top line free agents, but they're going to be that next level down. And that's certainly going to improve your defense because the Raiders have nowhere to go uh, but up there. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how they manage that all and how it all comes out. But we certainly appreciate you spending uh, 15 minutes with us here to give us the lowdown on that and uh, hope to talk to you on down the road. All right. Enjoy that weather out there, guys. All right, Eric. Thanks so much. Eric Oldham from Yahoo Sports was our guest here talking about the salary cap. So that's good, Damon. We we hear that uh, the, 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 the Raiders are in a what he called fairly manageable situation. But the one thing he hit on there, Damon, which I think you, you that fans need to listen to and listen to closely is that that does not mean they're going to be able to go out and bid and get in bidding wars for the top free agents on the market. Yeah, I think that that's where you say maybe those tier one guys, even the tier two guys, I do think where he mentioned the um, situations like, um, let's say, the Jaguars or the Jets, that teams are going to be in positions to overpay for players. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that the Raiders need to get in a bidding war for anybody that's not, you know, a top five player at their position. I don't think that there's too many players out in this free agency class that are top five players in their position. So I don't think the Raiders need to get into a bidding war or anybody that you might even have to question. Did they overpay for him? Stay away if you even have to question it. Right. And I, I think that this what this does and, and, and just processing it in my head right now is, you know, I really said at the end of the season, I said the Raiders got to make the playoffs and probably win a game next year. But now I'm thinking, I don't know, you know, it, they're going to have to get a lot out of the talent they already have on defense that's underperformed. And then whoever they bring in they're going to have to coach them up and they're going to have to have some good seasons from guys maybe coming in on prove it deals because as he mentioned you know they're in a kind of win now mode but they don't have the money of the Jets, Jags or Patriots to go out and overpay for guys to where you can say yeah we'll give a guy a big deal because we're getting close to winning a championship here so let's go overpay him they're going to have to 
kind of do it the old-fashioned way through hard work, a little bit of luck, and a little bit of hope because, and I know Raider fans aren't going to want to hear that because they're tired of of now after John Gruden being back for three years not making the playoffs. Uh, but, but because of the cap limitations, that's what you have. And then you have looming things like I've been talking about the last two weeks, which is Derek Carr. You know, he's got this year, next year, un, not guaranteed. So you have some time, but you're going to have to, if you're going to keep him, you're going to have to make him whole. You're going to have to either give him an extension or you're going to have to say goodbye to him. They're going to give him an extension, but then you got to factor that in, in the next two years. And so this is a constantly moving target, man. Yeah, that's where I think it'll be. It's going to be helpful once Vinny comes on to actually get like that perspective on how exactly it's going to affect the Raiders and all of this. Because I do agree that you're going to have to give Carr an extension. But the way it's like, oh, the way it breaks down, like this year you're borrowing money from this, the next year and the year after that, and it's basically the players are asking for a loan in the cap, and it's just like one of those things where it's it's a it's a wazzy, it's a woozy, it's a ooh-wee. it's a little confusing. So uh, yeah, going to have to get some <laughs> smarter guys on it to talk about it. No, absolutely. But uh, certainly appreciate Eric at home for coming on with us. Uh, Yahoo Sports, he covers the salary cap in the NFL. Uh, and I, that was informative. And of course, every show that we do here, once we're done, we put it up on the podcast feed. So if you don't subscribe to the podcast, you can get it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com. You can get it at Stitcher. Wherever you get podcasts, go do that. If you missed that interview, or if you want to share it with somebody, uh, you can check it out. Uh, we'll post it uh, uh, this evening sometime this evening when we're done with the show. Uh, but it's up there usually by 8 o'clock at the latest, um, sometimes as early as 6 or 6.30. So uh, make sure that you check that out. Subscribe if you already don't. Make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com uh, slash silverblacktoday, uh, we'll be doing a lot more live videos there as well. Also visit the website that started this all. That, of course, is Silver and Black today. Okay, we're going to step aside for a break. When we come back, we'll get back to the phones. 702-365-9200 is the number. And here's the question for you. I'm challenging you guys out there in Raider Nation. You, you just heard how the salary cap is going to work. You heard what Eric Edholm said about the Raiders being in a fairly manageable situation but they're not going to be in the position to overpay or bid on the highest free agents. If that's the case, who do you want to go get? Who are you going to prioritize for that Raiders defense to help build that Raiders defense heading into the 2021 season? 702-365-9200 will get you on the air. You're with Damon and Scott here on Silver and Black Today, only on Raider Nation Radio. The autumn wind is a Raider, and when it blows, it comes from the Las Vegas desert. Back to Silver and Black Today, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You gotta let that jam play a little bit, that's right. Silver and Black Today, here on Raider Nation Radio. Scott Gobranson with you, along with Damon Cotton. We are having fun today. We are talking Raider football. Again, thanks to Eric Edholm, last segment from Yahoo Sports, breaking down the salary cap for us. We'll again talk to Vinny Bonsignor, of course, who hosts In the Huddle, coming up here next at 4 o'clock. What's that? Never heard of it. No, you never heard of that show? No, 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 never. I I heard the producer is awful. (laughs) <laughs> god awful oh man yeah uh, uh, that, that, that part I believe. too funny yeah 
Uh, oh, well, no, I'm kidding, of course. But no, that's coming up at 4 o'clock. Vinny's going to be on with us about 3.40. So we'll get some more of his take on the salary cap and then some of the free agents uh, that we talked about today that have been cut loose and whether or not there's any fits. Uh, as Vinny said the other day, Damon, the Raiders are going to kick the tires on a lot of guys. Oh, and the, as they should. Yeah. Those you, tires I mean, need to be kicked. You need bodies. Yeah, for just about any <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just because every position on defense is like nobody should feel like their job is safe. And then even on offense a little bit, well, especially like the offensive line, we don't know how if Richie Incognito even wants to come back, you know, coming off an Achilles injury. That's, you know, that's still for anybody, especially like a, what's 38-year-old? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, Achilles are tough, man. That's like yeah. – So there's like no stern – besides quarterback, no stern, no stone should be left unturned by the Raiders. That's correct. Say that fast four times. Stone unturned, stone unturned. No stone unturned, no stone unturned. We'll take your phone call, 702-365-9200. We love talking to you. If you don't want to talk to us, that's fine, too, because Damon and I will just roll on and we'll you just You know what it is, Scott? You got me on. that. You got what it is, man. I made one joke about the Beatles yesterday, and Twitter was coming for me. So no. uh, there was one guy, it was LV Ron or something like that. He said, yeah, every time every time you, you speak, I just turn it off. It's like, well, how will you what? know when I'm done speaking? Because then, yeah, uh, see, he played himself. Because if you turn it off every time I talk, how do you know when I'm done talking? (laughs) No, what what you got to learn about internet trolls and haters is whatever they say they're going to do, they do the opposite because they they listen anyway. And so, uh, what did you say about the Beatles? I just said that Migos are better than the Beatles, and I'm willing to defend that statement on your show as well. The Eagles are better than the Beatles. Migos, come on, Migos, the group. The successfully popular rap group. Come on, come on, Scott. Don't don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> don't embarrass yourself, man. I have no I have no idea who you're talking about. No idea. Well, uh, honestly, I don't. It, Migos. It's it's okay. I mean, it's Migos. Migos. Yes. The band from Lawrenceville, Georgia, founded in 2008. I'm looking up Wikipedia. Okay. Thank you. Take so off, much. Offset, and Quavo. 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 I should know that. I'm married to a Hispanic. I should know my Spanish. Quavo. Little, oh, uh, give you a little bit. Oh, right that's here. right. Okay, I know the song now. All right, handsome and wealthy. There you go. All well, says, you know, I, I live that every day, my friend. Exactly. Come on, there, there's something we can all aspire to: handsome and wealthy. But see, I listen. <laughs> I like all kinds of music, but I have to say, and now I, I've heard, I've heard the Migos. I have because uh, I think Chris has, has has used the music in our show for quite a few months, actually. Um, when we do rejoins, but I, I, I'm, I, and maybe it is my age. Look, you know, I'm 50 years old. I get it. But I, I listen to new music all the time and I love all kinds of music from all kinds of backgrounds. But the, the latest crop of hip hop, I'd say probably what you grew up with in the last 10 years, like I, it's, it's hard for me to connect with it. I don't know why. You're old man. And it's okay. You're old. It's all right. You know, <laughs> You know, like I said, like I read the same thing to Vinny. Go tell your kids when you get off the air that you were embarrassing yourself by saying you don't know who the Migos are. They're going to be like, Dad, come on, you're so lame. You're out of touch. Okay. They're going to face palm. I, I will do that. Uh, but at the same time, I've read an interesting story. You speak about music. And it was about how the reason that we love listening to music that we grew up with, 
right? Which you think, oh yeah, you grew up with it. It's you know, all that kind of stuff. But actually it has, there's a, there's a, there's a mental thing with your brain where the music you grew up with, it, it, it includes all your struggles, all the tough times you went through, all the good and bad actually is triggered when you hear those songs from growing up. And so that's why most people, and again, like I said, I listen to a bunch of new music, um, but, but we tend to go back to what we listen to in those formative years because of that recall. It brings back all of that stuff, uh, which I thought was just fascinating because it's true. So it's like, you know, when I get in my car and I start listening to stuff from the 80s, which I listened to when I grew up, and but then I'll turn on new stuff and I can connect with some of the new stuff including some of the hip hop, but some of it just, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. It is my age, I guess. It's just the way it is. Music, music and culture is for young people. They create it, they move it along. And so I got no problem with that. So there you go. Migos are not better than the Beatles though. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, you're funny. I mean, Hey, I mean, I mean, we could, you know, Migos more than double like the Beatles following on YouTube. I mean, when's the last, like, <laughs> YouTube. As, yeah. I mean, there was no YouTube in 1964. That's not my problem. oh my god what do you guys think are the migos better than the beatles yeah i'm definitely i'm gonna get kicked off the other gonna be like this guy just keeps bringing this up on every show they let him on see when you said the (laughs) eagles are better than i thought you said the eagles and i was gonna say oh i can make that argument (laughs) better than them too I, you know, I like the Beatles a lot and the Beatles, uh, if you like, I've studied music cause I play guitar, right? So you study music and you understand not only culturally, but from a musical standpoint, like a technical standpoint of playing music and the timing that they did in their songs in pop music, especially was incredibly revolutionary at the time. Right. But I've never been a massive Beatles fan either. Right. Like I, I respect them. I like the Beatles. Uh, but, but again, I was born in 1969. So by the time I started listening to music and I, grew up in a household. My p- parents listened to the Beatles, but my parents also listened to James Brown. They also listened to Elvis. They listened to uh, um, uh, average white bands, so a lot of funk, a lot of uh, R&B, all the stacks R&B stuff. So like the staple singers and all that. So, so for me, like I had a wide variety of music in my background. So I listened to all that kind of stuff. And people were like, oh, you listen to, you listen to hip hop or, oh, you listen to country or you listen to heavy metal. Really? I said, yeah, you know, cause it's like, music it should be a variety and i worry that your generation doesn't listen to enough different types of music excuse me scott uh we just got a caller in raider paul <laughs> look at Damon. he doesn't want to talk about music anymore no i'm just kidding we'll get to yes raider paul is the priority so we're going out on the phone lines to where raider paul is going to tell me that the migos are better than the beatles right raider paul well, well, first before, do you guys have concussion protocol in your office? <laughs> because, you know, that's like saying Ryan Leaf is better than Tom Brady. <laughs> and I don't know how many at gold, yes. I don't know how many gold albums these guys have, but I do know the Beatles have quite a few around their <laughs> uh, glass containers. So anyway, yeah. I'm going to be open-minded to you because I'm an older guy. But like Bobby Brown says, can't touch this. Remember, does he know who Bobby Brown is? <laughs> yes, although that was MC Hammer. The Bay oh, legend, it? man, the Raider, the Raider fan, <laughs> the great Raider himself. Fan. How, about, how dare you? Former okay. Oakland A's batting, batting uh, bat boy as well. Oh, Oakland A's all the way. I still follow them. Ricky Henderson, that's the guy if you ever want to have Oh, yeah. So much fun to watch Ricky. 
But, you know, uh, great interview, actually, about the salary cap. I've learned so much from you guys on your show. Um, the one question is, does it make any difference that we live in a, a state that has no state tax for these players? Is that any type of incentive? Well, it, it, it is. Um, so so let me let me explain to you this way. It is because if you look, wh- what a lot of people don't realize, too, is with professional athletes, when they get paid, uh, especially in the NFL, they get paid by the game, right? So they get paid for they get paid each week for their games. So all their paychecks come during the season, except, you know, I'm not talking about salary bonuses and workout bonuses, which they get cut a separate check. So when when the Raiders are home, and they play in in Nevada. Yeah, their 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 paycheck does not have a state tax removed. But if the Raiders are playing in LA against the Chargers, they get paid and they have to pay California tax on that game check. Oh, now, wow, okay. Right. But they don't have to pay tax, so they're only paying tax in the one state. Now, if you play in California and then let's say you go play in Illinois, you play Chicago, then you got to pay tax in your home state and tax in the state that you're playing that you made the money. So, so it does make a difference because you you half your games you're only going to pay tax. You're not going to pay any tax. Number one and number two, when you live here too, as a as a citizen in Nevada, if you're a full time citizen, you reap the benefits there too of not having a state income tax to fill. But that's why these guys, when they have agents and all that, the agents do their taxes for them, and they have to file taxes in every state they played. Well, you know, that explains why home field through the playoffs and the AFC champion really does make a difference. <laughs> Especially for the Raiders now, you're right. But but exactly. but like Texas doesn't have state income tax either. Florida doesn't have it. So there's a few states where it's beneficial. But but yeah, that, there was a lot of talk when the Raiders decided to move here about that. Especially if you're a free agent and let's say uh, they're going to give you a $30 million signing bonus and you already live in Nevada and you've established residency in Nevada, then guess what? You don't have to pay state income. You have to pay your federal tax, but you don't have to pay income tax in the state. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. Well, great. I'm glad you guys covered that up. And uh, tell the wrestler I'm still I'm still voting for him, and I'm still following him. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Raider Paul. Guys. We appreciate your call, man. Uh, that leaves open a phone line for you. 702-365-9200 is the number. By the way, Damon, that's not to say the Migos music is bad or that they're not a good group even if I don't listen to them outside of being on my show. But you, 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 comparing them to the Beatles, that's, that's tough, man. I mean, I've been to a lot of nightclubs, uh, you know, living there in Vegas. <laughs> Haven't heard one Beatles song. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will have Vinny Bonsignor join us, and we'll talk to him a little about the salary cap. We'll also talk to him about the free agents that are on the market. We'll also ask him his opinion because he's my age, and I know he'll side with me. I'm, I am the, cracking up. I am, oh, man, this is the best day of my life. Let's go. It's great. It'll be fun. It'll be good. All right. We're going to take that break. When we come back, it'll be Vinny. It'll be Damon. It'll be Scott. And we'll be throwing down about music and football here on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. Silver and Black today. Here on Raider Nation Radio, Scott Branson, Damon Cotton with me. Damon Cotton, who thinks the Migos are better than the Beatles. Now, Vinny Bonsignor also joins us. He hosts, of course, In the Huddle coming up at 4 o'clock. Did you know who the Migos were, Vinny? 
No. Um, now, uh, uh, <laughs> since yesterday, I have heard some songs of theirs that I'm like, oh, okay, I've heard that song. I just right. didn't know who the you know group was that that uh, that did it. So, um, but you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still a little stunned uh, at Demond for mentioning um, the Migos in the same breath, if not higher uh, than than the Beatles. It just I, I don't even know what to say to that. It's it's absurd. <laughs> absurd. Well, we, we had a caller call in after he mentioned it to say, asking if, if Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio had a concussion protocol. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Because. Yes, exactly. We might well, you need... know what? I, I don't know if I can hear Demond uh, uh, based on the, the current setup here. He should. Uh, but but no, if, yeah, but yeah, if he here. can hear you. If he can hear you, uh, ask him if you know what's the what's the biggest venue the Migos by themselves have ever uh, sold out. I mean, has, have have they done like a domed stadium or like a a football stadium? Have they done one of those yet? Have the Migo, um have the Beatles ever played at Dre's? No, I don't think so. so <laughs> boom. You throw something at me, I'll just throw something right back at you. Okay, but if you're if you're gonna throw something back, at least make it make sense. Like have I'm talking Beatles about, have they done no. sixty thousand, seventy thousand seat arenas, eighty thousand seat arenas? I don't have to answer that. Could they? Short of them giving away tickets for free, <laughs> could they actually sell eighty thousand tickets? Um, like consistently, well, first of all, at all, ever, let alone. Vinny, like, you're never going to win this argument, so we might as well just move to the cap. I mean, you know, because Quavo is a great football player. You know, he used to play quarterback in high school. I mean, I don't even know if the Beatles know. Yeah, and so your also, answer is no. There's no way that they would ever sell out of eight thousand seat. And, and and Quavo's also making his film debut along uh, debut alongside John Malkovich and Robert De Niro in Wash Me in the River, according yeah. to Variety magazine. I like that. I like that. So maybe he's a good actor. Good. I mean, I, and I'm not taking anything away from. There's a lot of great young, you know, groups and you know, but to to start off, you know, <laughs> by suggesting they're as impactful and big <laughs> and great as 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 the Beatles. I, I mean, it's just <laughs> absurd. Like, may, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Maybe he took a knee uh, somewhere to some body part uh, in the ring on Saturday night. <laughs> at the, uh, at the, <laughs> that that that's what we're wondering. At but the, you know, you know, Valentine's Day massacre. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll win an Oscar. There you go. He might. All right. We're back to football now. So, Vinny, we, we, we talked to Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports about the, about the salary cap a little bit earlier, too, and, and what he described as the Raiders being in a, in a, in a fairly manageable situation yes. with the cap, and we talked about that yesterday with you. But the interesting thing that, that I want to talk to you about with the salary cap, too, is he talked about the negotiation between the Players Association and the owners – and and that's where they came to this agreement that it's going to be around 180 to 182 million dollars. The NFL itself, though, the owners, they wanted to make it much less and kind of take all the hit from the revenue this past year, right? But the players chose a different direction, right? And uh, you know they don't, you know, when 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 you're you're talking about the players' association and the NFL owners, it's it's always a negotiation, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't just, hey, let's make the salary cap $180 million. Okay, great. You know, uh, it's not <laughs> how that works. Uh, salary cap um, is based on revenue from the previous year. And the players get, at this point, 48% of all revenue that the NFL generates on any given year. So um, uh, the this 2020 salary cap would reflect, in normal years, would reflect 48% of, la- of the 2020 um, revenue that was generated 
and then divide it by all 32 teams. That's how you come up with your figure each year for each team, what the salary cap is for each team. Well, um, because revenue obviously was way down this year, um, you're not going to have it go up like it normally does. And unfortunately, because of COVID-19, it's going to go down drastically if you're just basing it on revenue generated by 2020, uh, probably in the 160 or below range rather than 180. The 180 reflects the Players Association, like you mentioned, and the NFL agreeing to make it 180. But in order to do so, the players are literally borrowing against future revenue uh, wow. to supplement this year's salary cap. So they're not taking a huge, huge hit this year. They're going to spread it over time. Um, so let's just say, let's just say based on revenue, uh, the salary cap would have been 160, $160 million this year. Okay. We know that it went up to 180. That's, uh, and, and that's because let's just say that the, um, if it was 160, then the players, um, uh, you know, borrowed, whatever amount it takes to get 160 per team up to 180 per team. I think I had it at around $640 million. So, so let's just say that they've, they've borrowed $640 million to supplement this year, 2021 salary cap. And it's somewhere along there that is, is exactly what they did. Maybe even more. Well, in order that needs to get paid back That $640 million needs to get paid back some at some point. So let's say, uh, they paid it in two lump sums. They paid it in 2022 and then 2023. Divide 640 by two um, was that 320. So, so whatever revenue is generated off of the 2021 season, and then you take the 48 percent that the players are owed from that, subtract 340 million dollars, and Oof. that'll be your salary cap. And and uh, you know again into 2023. Now, I'm not saying that that's how it's going to go down, but that's an example of what the players are asking for right now or getting right now and how it's going to affect down the line salary caps. So theoretically a salary cap in 2023 that should have gone up by $20 million per team may only go up by $10 million per team because the players are paying back the uh, the other half of that. Yeah, that's interesting. What, what for, for, I understand the, the, from the revenues and from the salary cap perspective for the players, but for teams, um, when you look at the teams and, and what they have to deal with and, and, and them contending with uh, a salary cap that might be lower because of this payback, well, how is that going to impact some teams like the Raiders? Uh, in terms of just hard, straight cash? Yeah. Well, I, I think that the I think owners, um, you know, probably much like players, I'm sure there's some sort of an emergency contingency plan that they always have in place for events like this. So, um, you know, collectively they'll make up the difference uh, this year, understanding that at some point it's going to get back. Um, I think for every team, you know, there's there's an impact. There's no question that there's an impact. Uh, and and if you look at the Raiders last year, uh, without a um, you know without revenue coming in. Their cash payout last year, and we'll still have to wait for all the incentives to finally get come in and, and how much they actually paid, but they were right there, top five, top three, in terms of cash spent, literal cash spent last year uh, on their roster. So, um, you know, Mark Davis is, is definitely putting his ma- money where his mouth is and, and, and heart is and all of that, and I would suspect that that's going uh, to continue as well. Um, Obviously, every team is going to be uh, a bit crunched because of what happened, but I don't think that uh, it's going to affect the Raiders' ability uh, to, to pay uh, you know, uh, uh, next year whatsoever. 
All right, Vinny Bonsignor, who is our guest here. He hosts In the Huddle coming up next here from 4 to 6 p.m. Vinny, uh, we're starting to see some of the uh, cuts happen, these salary cap uh, casualties, if you want to call them. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But, of course, we heard today the Eagles are releasing Deshaun Jackson after two really injury-filled seasons. Then you have the Panthers, who released three players, two, including uh, Trey Boston, the safety. Uh, and then you have in um, – uh, Excuse me, I was about to say New England. In Green Bay, uh, offensive tackle Rick Wagner and linebacker Christian Kirksey. Any of those guys that I named, and we talked yesterday, you said the Raiders are going to kick the tires on a lot of guys. Any of those guys you think uh, fit for someone like the Raiders looking to fill some spots on defense? Well, I think Trey Boston uh, is, is is an interesting candidate. Um, but I think that you know playing free safety, a position that the Raiders um, are right. really going to look to upgrade uh, this year. But I think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of these type of guys getting uh, cut and and coming out onto the open market. So I think that, you know, unless somebody just, you know, does it for you in a major, major way and and you react and you go, we got to get this guy right, like right now, I would suspect that most teams are going to kind of wait a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, the Raiders included, uh, to wait to see actually if there's a better option in a week or in two weeks, um, you know, or, you know, once the new league, league year, uh, rolls around, um, and 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 also keep in mind a guy like Trey Boston. Maybe he goes to a place where um, you know it addresses a free safety need, and it eliminates that team from contention for a Justin Simmons or a John Johnson or you know Marcus Williams. So you can look at it uh, from that perspective. If I'm the Raiders, I'm going to wait. I want to see exactly what I'm dealing with um, in terms of. Uh, availability, who's out there, uh, choices that she could make. Is there a better player? Um, and, and just kind of wait it out. But be aggressive once once it's all laid out there. Be aggressive, have a plan, which I suspect that the Raiders are going to have. Now, if somebody, like I said, just burst onto the market uh, that is just, you know, you you can't turn your eye away and he fits a need that the Raiders have to, uh, have, to have uh, in a way that they don't think that you know, by waiting, it's going to get any better than mm-hmm. I would think that the Raiders would, would make a quick, uh, you know, uh, hit in, in that regard. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and uh, the other question I had for you, too, was and I'm not one of these guys and you know me, Vinny, every once in a while I'll get caught up in things just because you get you get you, you unsuspectedly do so. But I don't look at players social media too often and take too much from it. Right. These are young guys and sometimes they tweet. We don't know what they mean. Uh, but certainly uh, Trent Brown's Instagram post yesterday where he talks about the name on his back is the most important thing. Um, you know, I think people are looking for clues on what the Raiders are going to do. And you and I have talked several times over the last week week that the Raiders have a tough choice to make there too but do you read anything into those things is that just part of his negotiating tactics or what what's your what's your gut telling you now about Trent Brown and where this team's going well um you know I'm just suspecting here uh you know Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have anything definitive but I feel like I have a pretty good grasp let's just put it that way I would think that whether it's uh, happened already in a major way or been implied uh, in some sort of a way, but I would think uh, that there has been some um, implication that the Raiders uh, would like to have Trent Brown back, but not at the $14 million that he's making. So, uh, which obviously means, you know, let's sit down and talk about re- restructuring your contract in a way that makes us a little bit more comfortable about keeping you around, given that you played 16 games over the last two years and only four last year. Um, and I'm Trent Brown doesn't want to hear that. You know, his agent Drew Rosenhaus doesn't Rosenhaus doesn't want to hear that. Of course, you know they want the fourteen million dollars, uh, and they want the fifteen or whatever it is the year after that. They want 
as much money as he possibly can make. So um, that's not a conversation I'm sure that, that they want to have right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, my, my thinking on that is if I'm Trent Brown and I'm Drew Rosenhaus, um, you know, based on maybe what, obviously it's going to have to come down to well, what are the Raiders talking about? You know, like, is it $9 million? Is it an $8 million? Let's just say it is $8 million. Um, and pick whatever number you think it might be. Now Trent Brown has to ask himself, well, uh, no, I don't want to. If if he believes that he could get more than that in the open market, then he's just going to say, release me then, because I'll go play someplace else uh, and get the money that that I feel like I I deserve. So um, it's going to be that, to me, it would be that along those lines in, in that kind of way of thinking. And, you know, for Trent Brown's, uh, from his perspective, you know, hopefully Drew Rosenhaus is reading the room correctly and understands what might be out there uh, because that gives him more power to either agree or not agree uh, to a restructure. So I don't know what the uh, Instagram post might be, but, um, <laughs> you know, when, when players start talking about the name on my back uh, is the most important, you know, I don't think it's it's unreasonable uh uh, for for anyone to not read in so, at least something into that something into that yeah that was my that was my thought too was well you know w- that was kind of out of not, I wouldn't say out of nowhere but he posted it on a Thursday evening and you're kind of like okay well you know this is the time where they're starting to talk about what's going down and if 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 someone's coming if your employer's coming in and says hey we want you to uh, take a pay cut uh, then you might feel uh, obligated to to voice your displeasure on it so yeah uh, interesting I, stuff. What, what's interesting to me is, you know, given the year that he's come off, and let's face it, uh, in 2019, he, he couldn't play down the stretch, too. There was another injury, uh, couldn't <laughs> play down the stretch, and that really hurt the Raiders in 2019. Their offense was, was, was affected by, by his loss. And then last year was basically a dud, uh, not putting it all on him. There were some extern, uh, extenuating circumstances, uh, but, but – all that said, that's those are the facts. You played 16 games over the last two years, uh, and only five last year um, at at 38 million dollars or so. Um, mm-hmm. He can't sit there and be surprised if the Raiders are like, "Look, you know, we gave you a lot for a little these last two years. Now it's time to maybe sit down and talk about, um, you know, uh, getting more out of you at a more reasonable price." And to, if that's a shock, um, well then you're being naive, number one, yeah. as the player. And number two, if you're angry at that, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, this is this is the big leagues. And yeah. you have to understand that these conversations are going to be had, especially coming off the last few years. Right. And if you're John Gruden and Mike Mayock, you want to see a guy who's motivated to get back on the field. And that doesn't show necessarily uh, that he's, I think, motivated to, to, to prove people wrong, which, you know, hey, you want to talk about haters and all that stuff, then go out on the field and prove them wrong. All right, Vinny's coming up next on In the Huddle. Vinny, as always, my friend, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, brother. Thank you, man. All right, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle coming up 4 to 6. Demond Cotton, thanks, man, for joining me today. I appreciate all you're doing back there in the studio, brother. No, thank you. I had a blast. All right. For Demond Cotton, I am Scott Branson. Thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back Monday at 2 o'clock here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio.